0: Hey, fantasy readers. This is Corinne Norton, your fellow book binger, and you are listening to the Finding Fantasy Reads podcast, where you can test out a new fantasy story every single week to find your next favorite author. I picked this story as one of our first episodes because I can't get enough of Zach Argyle's books. I think he's the closest indie author I've found to Brandon Sanderson's style. So if you are a fan of Sanderson, you'll want to keep listening. Zach is the winner of the Indies Today Best Fantasy Award, and he was a finalist in Mark Lawrence's self-published fantasy blog-off. And according to the photo on his website, he is also silently correcting your grammar. So stick around to the end, or check out today's show notes to see where you can find more of Zach's books, as well as info on how to enter this month's giveaway. Spoiler alert, it includes books, and one of them is Zach's. In the meantime... Please enjoy Five Silver Rings by Zach Argyle. Misty reached for the doorknob of her little home in the woods, tired and sore from a long day in the forge, when she heard her husband's voice behind her. Hey, Misty? When she turned, she saw a sky at the edge of the forest, leaning to the side and squinting into the darkness. He was tall and thick, with arms glistening from his work at the anvil. She expected him to make some silly quip or light-hearted joke, but paused when she realized that there was something there in the depths of the wood. Something unnatural. As they both stared, a thick fog swirled in the depths, a slow roll over the dirt, tendrils creeping over roots and up the trunks of trees, shrouding the woods in shadow. Misty looked to her husband, then back to the fog. Branch by branch, bush by bush, the mist grew, swelling, expanding until the forest was no more than a throbbing obsidian cloud. A creature with tar-like skin stepped from the fog, long fingers on long arms dragging through the soil as it drifted forward. With each step, it seemed to grow in size, until it reached twice the size of a man. It had no eyes, no ears or nose, but oily, gray lips reached across its face, curling up at the ends. Skye stepped back, reaching into his pocket as he twisted his head to look at Misty. His jaw was clenched, and his eyes held a fear that she'd never seen in him before. He had always been her hammer in the forge, steady, unyielding, never timid, never afraid. Seeing the horror in his eyes left her insides curdling. A gravelly voice, deep and resounding, echoed from the monster's maw. I am come to collect. Bolts of black lightning ripped out of the creature's body with a crackling boom, blasting forward from the edge of the forest and piercing Skye's chest like a storm of arrows. His back arched, his mouth gaped open, though not a sound escaped. Swirling clouds of black energy danced beneath his skin, coursing through his veins and seeping from his fear-stricken eyes. Misty scrambled toward her husband, heart throbbing in her chest. With each step, her vision warped, distance skewed, space expanded and compressed. Her legs wobbled beneath her. As soon as she stumbled within a few paces of sky. The creature lifted one of its lithe fingers, and a pulse of energy sent her tumbling through the air, frantically spinning, until she crashed into the side of the house. By the time she recovered and looked up at her husband, shadowed ribbons of Skye's soul dragged through the air from his chest, up into the oily creature. Bits of Skye's skin flaked off, drifting through the air like trails of burning embers, and his eyes glowed like hot coals. Mouth agape, he turned his head, just the slightest, until his eyes met Misty's from the edge of his vision. Tears streamed down his blackened eyes. His lips quivered as he tried to speak, but all he achieved was the slightest curl of his lip. The final blurred remnants of Skye's soul drifted from his body, absorbed into the creature, and he dropped to the earth, collapsing in a pile of broken bones and scorched skin, smoke drifting up from his eyes. "'It is done,' the creature said with a voice like thunder. It turned and stepped back into the forest, lithe the limbs dragging through the dirt. The smoky shadows followed. Misty pushed herself up. She stumbled across the patchwork of grass and rubble, lightheaded, Tremors running from her chest to the end of her hands. This was a dream. A nightmare. That creature wasn't real. She was asleep in her bed, wrapped in wool, and Skye was... Her chest constricted as she stood over his body, tightening, squeezing against her lungs. She was a wet towel, and the world was wrenching every last ounce of hope from her soul. She fell to her knees beside him. Cracks ran across Skye's face and neck, like an old statue taken by time. She reached out and touched his cheek, and the skin grew ashy and dry. A light breeze carried flecks of it drifting away. When she pulled her hand back, his face collapsed in on itself like a whirlpool of gray dust spiraling toward the ground. It continued across his face, then spread to his neck, chest, and legs. In moments, His thick frame had crumbled, leaving behind empty clothes filled with ash and a single silver ring glistening where his left hand had been. For a time, she simply stared, cold, numb, a frozen flower in the heart of winter. She tried to move. She knew she should, but her limbs refused to budge. There was no strength left in her. Not even rage to fuel her. She was an empty vessel staring down at a single silver ring in the midst of her husband's ashes. When her hand drifted down of its own accord, she tried to pull it back, but she was a ghost, a broken spirit watching from a distance. She lifted the ring, and relief flooded through her. For a moment, she'd feared that it too would crumble to ash, but as she twisted it in her fingers, it remained. She recognized the fine craftsmanship. On her left hand, four identical rings embraced her. From the forge, just twenty feet away, a deep humming sound rattled the building, shaking wood and iron, followed by a soft cerulean glow that radiated from the windows and beneath the oak door. There was a curious tone to it something that called to her, beckoning, inviting, vibrating her bones shaking her brittle soul. Misty rose to her feet and drifted toward the forge, her mind enraptured by the sound. When she opened the door, the glow pulsed in front of her. A hazy light filtered through a linen cloth in the corner of the room. The resonant hum crescendoed with each step, building, throbbing through her chest. Finally, as the entire forge quaked around her, heart-pounding, breath-ragged, She pulled the linen cloth away and let it drift toward the dusty floor. The shaking stopped, the brilliant glow faded, and all that was left was a strange crystal sphere. It was curiously warm as she lifted it, heavy and smooth, save for a hollow, cylinder like groove that ran deep into the center, with an intricate silver filigree surrounding it. At the sphere's core, A warbling mass of cerulean light shifted like tiny ocean waves. It grew warm, and the pale glow within the sphere brightened. It was then that Misty saw the truth. The hollow, cylinder-shaped groove was the same width and shape as a ring. Before she knew what she was doing, she dropped Sky's ring into the groove. Time seemed to slow as it fell, brushing against the crystal, and when it reached the center— white light shot from the core. Misty stumbled back, dropping the sphere, but it floated in the air. Slowly, it began to spin, rotating horizontally as the bright light radiated toward the ceiling. The sphere picked up speed, humming as it circled. Misty closed her eyes and held up a hand to block the brightness as it expanded to fill the forge. Then, the light was gone. She opened her eyes, and the forge had changed. No, it was a different forge altogether. A flood of memories poured over her as she took in the room. Hammers and chisels, swages and fullers, molds she'd used a hundred times, the anvil that had taken the brunt of her frustrations. No one forgets their first forge. It was also where she'd first met her heart swelled as the door opened, and a group of young men walked in, laughing and shouting louder than any man ought to in such an enclosed space. They were handsome, the lot of them, rich clothes and richer posture. The Janassi Forge was famous, and many wealthy young men trained there. They stopped in their tracks when they saw her. The tallest of the pack, a boy with thick curls and broad shoulders, looked her up and down. You lost, Lambkin. With those three words, the memory took over. A ghost stepped out of Misty's body, solidifying into a younger version of herself that looked up at the taller boy, meeting his gaze. I'm to be an apprentice, she said. I give her a week, the boy said. I give her three, said another. A third, puckering his lips with an ugly smirk, shook his head. She won't last a day, Bet she can't even lift the hammer. I don't know, the final boy said, eyes narrow as he looked at the young Misty. Someone weak wouldn't even show up. If she's here, I'm betting she's here to stay. The others shrugged and continued through the side door leading to the larger forge. The last boy approached Misty and extended his hand with a smile. Welcome to Janasi, he said. Name's Skye. Misty smiled until an image flashed in her mind, Sky lying face up on the forest floor, cold-eyed and lifeless. She reached out for the younger Sky as if she could pull him through the memory home with her, anything to keep him close for another moment. Blinding white light surged throughout the room, and the same low hum filled the air. Misty covered her eyes only for a moment, and when they opened... She was back in the small forge by her house in the woods. Tears fell down her cheeks. She needed to go back. She needed to see him again, even if only for a moment. That smile. That kindness. She needed it. She needed him. The crystal sphere stopped trembling and drifted slowly to the floor as the ghostly glow from its center softened. Misty bent down and looked inside the circular groove. The silver ring had fused into the sphere near the core, filling a small section of the cutout. She looked at her left hand and wondered. If the first had brought with it a memory of the man she loved, perhaps the others would too. Perhaps she could see him again. Without another thought, the second ring was off her finger and spinning down the circular shaft in the sphere. Again, white light rose from the core. She let go and watched as it spun, until the light grew too bright. When she opened her eyes, Misty was in the orchard behind her childhood home. The scent of summer oranges in the air. Warm sun beating through the break in the branches. A swinging bench under the sycamore. And sky. It was exactly as she remembered. He sat at a bench alone and bent over to pick up an iron nail. Setting his elbows on his knees, he spun the nail around in his fingers examining it with more curiosity than any nail deserves. When a young woman arrived, his eyes lit up. Misty remembered that moment vividly. The hugging, the kissing, the laughter. They had been apart for three months while she apprenticed at a specialist forge along the eastern mountains. She remembered how nervous he'd been, especially as he pulled out a tiadu seed. She accepted, with no shortage of tears in her eyes. And they were betrothed. Bright light burst forth, as if the sun had expanded to fill the sky. No, Misty said aloud, lips trembling and eyes burning as she fought to keep them open. Anything to stop the memory from ending. Anything to keep Sky close. It was too short. She needed more. But as the light grew too bright, she succumbed, turning away and shutting her eyes. Again, as it faded, Misty was back in the forge, scrambling to take off the next silver ring and shoving it down the opening in the sphere. A deep hunger resonated within her, a ravenous craving to consume more memories, to live a single moment more with the man she loved. She knew the truth. He was gone. But the memories dulled the pain, if even for a moment. Her ring hit the newly fused core and light burst forth, filling the room. The sphere spun, and she closed her eyes. When she opened them, a swelling of joy filled her chest, and a small huff of laughter escaped her lips. Two young lovers knelt on either side of a hole in the ground, with family and friends standing around them to witness. Young Sky and Young Misty wore traditional black robes that spread out across the ground behind them, and neither of them could stop smiling. This was one of Misty's favorite memories, one she would never forget. And yet seeing it replayed before her filled her with such immense love that her entire body trembled beneath the weight. Together, the young lovers placed their tiadu seed into the hole, covering it with a fresh layer of soil. Misty's widow mother stepped forward and handed her daughter a small clay pitcher, the young woman took it and poured a single drop of water atop the soil. Then she turned to Skye. I vow to nourish our life together as we nourish this seed. As it grows, so will our love, now and for always. She handed the pitcher to Sky, who took it carefully into his calloused hands. For a moment, he simply stared at it. Misty remembered feeling confused and worried but when a tear fell down his rugged cheek and a smile curled on his handsome lips, she felt the world stop for just a moment. He poured a single drop atop the soil. I vow to nourish our life together as we nourish this seed. As it grows, so will our love, now and for always. They leaned in over their buried tiadu seed and sealed their vows. Misty could feel the warmth of their kiss on her own lips. Brilliant light consumed the vision, and it faded. Once again, Misty was left alone in their little forge by the woods, with nothing but death and memory for company. A cold hollowness ached inside her as she closed her eyes, replaying the vows in her mind, heart yearning to be with Sky again. Her hands trembled as she placed the fourth ring inside the sphere. When it dawned on her that there were only two rings left, she reached down to take it back, but her fingers were too thick. Desperate, she flipped the sphere over and shook it. She wasn't ready for the memories to end. She wasn't ready to be alone. She wasn't ready. Brilliant rays of white light exploded from the cerulean core, extending and expanding until it filled every crevice of the dark forge. As the light faded, She kept her eyes closed and embraced the darkness. Perhaps if she never opened her eyes, the memory would never end. Perhaps she could extend their time together. She would rather be with him in the darkness than apart in the light. It wasn't until she heard the sniffling tears of the man she loved that her eyes shot open. She was in their bedroom. Skye sat on one of their kitchen chairs beside the bed holding Misty's limp hand. She was wrapped under a pile of wool, breathing heavily and mumbling to herself with beads of sweat dripping from her forehead. In the low light, the tint of her skin had taken on a sickly gray, and shadows seemed to crawl over her hands and face. As she coughed, Skye held up a beige rag in front of her mouth. When he pulled it away, drops of red stained the brown. The image buzzed in her mind, shaking her skull as if there was something inside her fighting the vision. This was different. She had no recollection of this. Of being sick. Of sky set up beside her. Of the blood. Was it real? Or was the sphere playing some kind of cruel trick on her? She had been so quick to trust it, but now a cold tremor ran through her. From the bed... The young Misty's voice came out quiet and cracked. Sky? His eyes bolted open and he leaned in close. You're awake. Is it? Just rest, he said, rubbing his thumb across her damp brow. You need to sleep. Misty shivered and winced with pain beneath the wool. It's so cold, she said, her voice barely a whisper. What did the healer say? Skye pulled the blankets up higher and tucked her in. She said, you need to rest. Is it just rest? He insisted. Misty's lower lip quivered. Tell me it's not. Skye turned away from her, his broad shoulders rising and falling with each breath. Neither spoke and neither moved. It was then, in the flickering light, that she recognized the black veins along Misty's hands and arms. Black veins that crept up her neck and across her forehead. Finally, Sky broke the silence. It is. White light filled through the room, expanding until there was nothing for Misty to do but close her eyes and cry as she was taken back to the forge. The Alathic Plague. Swift and ruthless, responsible for the death of so many, responsible for Misty's sweet mother being a widow. The day the veins turned black, there was no cure. Something shifted inside her, as if a gust had poured in to shift the clouds in her mind. This memory was different. It wasn't real. Misty had never had the Alathic Plague. If she had, she would be dead in a grave beside her father. And yet... Misty looked at the final ring on her index finger. There was something here. Something Sky was trying to tell her through these memories. No, visions. She slipped off the ring, shoved it into the sphere, and closed her eyes. The warmth of the spinning sphere and its blinding light pressed against her skin, then faded away. When she opened her eyes, she was in a dark cavern. It was cold and quiet barren save for massive stalactites that hung from the ceiling like spears ready to fall. On the far end, an inverted amethyst the size of a small home warped the air, hovering several feet above the ground and glimmering with violet light. She stepped toward it, slowly, glancing up with unease, certain one of the stalactites would rip from the canopy at any moment. She paused as footsteps echoed through the vaulted cavern emanating from a tunnel behind her. Through the darkness, a tired man walked. It took only a single step in the cavern, illuminated by the violet glow of the amethyst, for Misty to recognize her husband's gait. She wanted to run to him, to throw her arms around him and squeeze. But this wasn't really him. She knew that. This was an echo, a vision, a story. Instinctively, she reached for the rings on her left hand, but found every finger bare. The emptiness sent a shiver through her bones. Quietly, she watched as Sky lumbered toward the inverted amethyst. The closer he came, the brighter it glowed. When he stopped, a dark mist swirled inside, pouring over its edges and onto the cavern floor. A creature stepped out of the mist from the back of the amethyst, growing in size as if stepping through a distant tunnel— Until it stood twice the size of a man. Violet light pulsed from the gateway as the creature's lithe legs stretched out onto the cavern floor, revealing tar like skin and a face Misty would never forget. No. Familiar gray lips parted to speak. What is it you desire? Skye's thick arms trembled as he looked up at the creature. My wife. She's dying. Yes, the creature's voice boomed. Soon, she will be claimed. Skye lifted his chin with tears in his eyes. Can you save her? Fate cannot be stopped, it said, scraping long claws across the stone floor as if carving symbols. Balance is inevitable. Skye stood tall. If you want balance, take me instead. The creature's finger lifted from the ground and touched his chest. It is not your time. I don't care, Skye said, breathing heavily as he glanced down at the finger. The creature's lips puckered as it sucked in a gasp of air, a deep whistle roaring through the cavernous room. Balance. There must be balance. Your lives are not equal. Fate cannot be stopped. "'There must be something!' Skye shouted, hands shaking beside him. Suddenly, his eyes lit up. "'If you can't stop fate, can you delay it? "'Just give us a few more years together?' It bent low until its tar-like skin was mere inches from his face. "'A realignment?' Skye furrowed his brow. "'I... if it means I'll have more time with her, then yes.' The creature lifted itself to its full height. Wisps of smoke began to trail from its mouth, and the inverted amethyst buzzed with violet light. Its head shook violently back and forth, buzzing faster than Misty's eyes could track. Her heart raced in her chest. The shaking stopped, and the creature froze. Five years,' it said. Skye looked up. Five more years? Together?' The creature took a step away toward the inverted amethyst gateway, its lithe legs entering the distorted air. There will be balance. She will forget. I will come for you five years hence. Sky dropped to his knees as the creature faded away into the gateway, trails of smoke following close behind. The amethyst glow pulsed and faded, leaving Sky alone, crying in the quiet of the cavern, repeating to himself over and over again, five years. As white light filled the cavern and pulled Misty away from the memory, she was left alone in the cold darkness of the forge where the truth clawed away at her broken mind. She will forget. Three simple words rattled around inside her skull. Three simple words that shattered her. For now, she saw the truth. The sphere vibrated in her hand, humming as it grew hotter and hotter. Finally, it fell from her grasp and hit the ground, exploding into a cloud of white dust. Misty fell back against the wall, picturing the smile of her dead husband. Her bare fingers felt so cold, so lifeless, no longer wrapped in the silver embrace of sky's rings. All she wanted was to be with him again, to hear his voice, to feel his touch. She stepped away from the white dust, stepped away from the memories and monsters. Skye had given everything to be with her for just a few more years. The warmth of that love should have blazed within her, but all she felt was a cold chill. As she made her way out of the forge, taking one painful glance at the empty clothes lying at the wood's edge, she walked toward her home. She felt hollow and broken, her bones like brittle branches beneath her skin, her muscles as soft as dirt. None of it felt right, but tragedy never does. When Misty finally arrived at her porch, reaching up for the doorknob, she paused. Black veins ran across her fingers, between her calloused knuckles and across her soot-stained hand. Fate. Cannot be stopped, she remembered, only delayed. At least she would be with Sky again. I hope you enjoyed listening to Five Silver Rings by Zach Argyle, narrated by Corinne Norton. If you want to read more by Zach, go to zachargyle.com to find his Threadlight series, which is fantastic. When you sign up for his newsletter, you can either get the EPUB version of the story you just heard or the audiobook of his first book in the series, which is how I actually first started reading his books, so I highly recommend it. Adam Gold is a far superior narrator than myself, probably because he does it for a living, and I'm just doing this for fun. I'll be sure to have a link to his website in the show notes as well. You'll also want to check out the giveaway we have going this month, which includes a paperback copy of Voice of War from Zach Argyle, the first book in his Threadlight series. You'll find info for that at findingfantasyreads.com slash giveaway. And because this is the last of our launch day episodes, don't forget that if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, you'll want to click that follow or subscribe button on your app to get notified when new episodes come out, which will be every Tuesday. You can also go to findingfantasyreads.com and subscribe on the links there, or even sign up for email notifications. Thank you all for listening, and happy reading.